Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk and co-host and Chris. You there? I am here, James. I'm so ready and pumped. I'm, let's do it. Well, Chris, I guess first we want to stand our, you know, um, all our hearts and everybody out there in California. And I guess I'm glad that his family is doing well from that fires out there, you know. Chris. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I thought you were oh. saying something to Brian about that. But, yes, oh. um, it's, it's been awful. I, I saw a map. I think, I think I wasn't even aware of it. I wasn't even wasn't on my radar. I hadn't been watching the news. And then all of a sudden, I think last Sunday... Um, they were showing the, the wildfires, and there was just fire, 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 fire. And I'm like, oh, my, that's not good. Well, I want to introduce our guest, former NFL player, Brian Allen. How you doing today, Brian? Doing good, doing good, James and Chris. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's always good to have have, a, have new blood on here. Yeah, but yeah. you're, my, you're my neck of the wood. I used to go up there on weekends. You know, I played in a... Down there, Santa Rosa. So, I love that Bay Area. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I actually, uh, you know, went to school uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, definitely do miss it a lot. But um, you know, we're uh, we're now in the uh, the wet Northwest here, so um, in the Portland, Oregon area. So it's a bit different. But too many Duck fans out here. <laughs> Well, let's start off. I'd like to start off, Brian. You, know, you tell a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, uh, where you went to probably high school or college, you know. And uh, I love that college you went to. I mean, that's the, one of the best, I think, you know. But um, go ahead, explain a little bit about yourself to our um, listeners out there. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, so I'm a uh, California boy, uh, you know, kind of born and raised in uh, Southern California. Um, I think all the kind of the best athletes come out of Southern California. So I think, um, you know, growing up there, uh, really kind of changed my life and whatnot. Um, kind of tidbits about me, uh, my parents are actually from the island of Jamaica. So, um, a lot of people don't know that about my background here, but, um, you know, anytime it's, uh, the Olympics, um, you know, watching and seeing Usain Bolt and, you know, the tiny island of Jamaica doing well, I always kind of think of my parents there. So, um, you know, I had a uh, unique upbringing uh, in Southern California. Um, you know, parents were my role models as well. They worked really hard. Um, and me instilled in us uh, going to class and going to school and very fortunate uh to uh, be able to get recruited to go to Stanford. I actually went to Damon High School in Laverne, uh, California, so near Pomona. And, uh, yeah, you know what? You know, uh, going to Stanford was just uh, a dream come come true. You know, I didn't expect it. Uh, I was looking at other uh, places as well. My, my older brother went to UCLA, so... Thought I was going to go and play ball at UCLA, but then when Stanford came coming, I couldn't say no. I didn't say uh, say no to Stanford, and 
Uh, just, you know, it, they're just great in the classroom and then also on the football field as well. So, um, you know, had a great time there. Uh, head coach there was Tyrone Willingham. Um, I think kind of looking back, those are the years where I think Stanford kind of moved out of that just, you know, um, Harvard of the West to an actual athletic uh, powerhouse as well. So I think, you know, I feel really good to see where the program's at now with uh, Coach David Shaw and, and, and what the guys are doing on a football field. I mean, it's just they're playing lights out. Um, so, you know, I, I just love watching them play every Saturday. I, I got one, um, Brian. Um, and I know what type of school Stanford is. And um, Stanford's up there with the Northwestern and the Ivy League schools. How did you juggle your class and football? You know, you know how a lot of kids say, you know, going to class is hard. And I mean, Stanford is like no joke. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a high up school educational wise. And I want to take my hat off to you for you know that. You know, how did you do that? Yeah, you know, it's it's um, you're right, James. I mean, uh, Stanford Stanford's tough. It's still it's still hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, I think I looked at, you know, when I finally got drafted um, by Indianapolis Colts, um, I thought that was you know, easy compared to Stanford just because, um, you know, and, and this is from Talon Willingham, and I, I think, you know, uh, he was such a really great coach because um, he really groomed young men. And uh, one of the things I like, a lot of the, my mannerisms are a lot of the things that I even, you know, say to, to my friends or, you know, to my wife or to my kids as well. It's kind of my own willingness, uh, you know, just kind of based on how he kind of approached uh, his day and approached our football team. But, uh, you know, he was always kind of focusing on, you know, being great, right, and not just being great on the football field, but also being great in the classroom as well because, um, a lot of people just compete on the football field, but they don't compete in the classroom as well. And I think that's what sets apart, you know, Stanford um, versus other universities as well is you got to compete in both. So, um, you know, I just remember my if, if I could have asked, like, hey, what was your Stanford experience? And I would say um, it's just a lot of hard work. I always remember just getting up early, weightlifting before class, and then going to class, eating, and then, you know, practicing, having training tables, you know, eating a dinner or, you know, watching watching film and then studying. So it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I just remember going to the practice field, libraries, um, and then from, from time to time, going to parties and whatnot, trying to get that college experience. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it was it was really tough. But um, I think it you know instilled a lot of really good things and a lot of uh, strong ethic. And you know, I'm I'm very proud to be. So you know, Stanford. Oh my lord! I just to get into Stanford, of course, took tons of of, of knowledge, and, and you you obviously had great grades. You know, you perseverance. You have, of course, had had football skills beyond that they wanted. Um, Stanford, to me, is is the West Coast version of of Yale and you know any of 
those uh, Penn State, any of any of those kind of colleges, those you know that that are academia, true academia. That you know MIT, they see that on your resume, and you got a job. <laughs> you know, you have a job just because you graduated, went to that school. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I think um, going back uh, to to campus, going back to the universities when you kind of you kind of marvel at it and how it's so it's grown so much since the time that I went to school there. Um, it's 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 one of those uh, kind of times that uh, I really really cherish and uh, you know I kind of kind of take that to the NFL as well. You know, if it was like, oh, you know what, you're a Stanford guy, so, you know, you should, um, I don't know, mathematically know this, or, oh, you're a Stanford guy, you should, you know, not, you know, do that, or, hey, you're a Stanford guy, so, you know, it, it's, the reputation is there, um, you know, I'm very fortunate, very blessed to uh, have a uh, degree, to uh, be a Stanford uh, football alum as well, so, um, yeah, you know, I hope um, I have a um, wonderful wife. Uh, April, and then also we have two wonderful uh, kids as well, um, Ella and Chloe, and they're real young, but I'm, you know, trying to, you know, have them wearing Stanford uh, Cardinal um, every day. So, um, yeah, I'm mean, very fortunate um, to have gone there. Absolutely, absolutely. So one thing I, I noted um, that they listed that you haven't even talked about is you during during your college career, you surpassed surpassed twenty one hundred yards in rushing, um, which basically puts you as the seventh leading rusher uh, in Stanford uh, football history of all time. That's that's impressive to still be at that level. Um, basically, from you, know, you, you ended in two thousand one, so sixteen years you've carried on that a, a record. It's going to be hard to to. Someone surpassed that. Yeah, you know what? Um, I always look at that, and I'm, I'm still amazed. As long as I'm, you know, the top, uh, the top ten or top fifteen, because you're getting so many good running backs. You know, Christian McCaffrey coming out, uh, you know, doing a wonderful job, and then you know you got Tyler Gaffney. Um, you know, you had Toby Gerhardt. Um, you also got, you know, Stephen Taylor. So there's some, a lot of really good running backs. And then you got the young kid right now, you know, Bryce Love, uh, just kind of tearing it up, leading the nation uh, from a running back standpoint. So, yeah, um, I always look at my uh, Stanford history and say that, hey, you know what, I had a split time with a guy named uh, Kerry Carter, and he rushed mm-hmm. over 2,000 yards. So I thought, like, well, you know what, if we add his – Yards and my yards. That's what I would have gotten because um, we split time. But um, but yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, there's uh, it's it, it's good that I'm still up there. I don't think it's going to be there for too much longer because you know I think Bryce Love is going to kind of break everything here. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to kind of reflect and look back. Well, for now, you got a name on the plaque in in the football office, and that's some good notoriety. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we, I, it looks like we've got to take a break right now. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more. Um, actually, we'll move into your NFL playing time. So we'll be right back. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk and co-hosting. Oh, I'm not leaving. I have another 45 minutes on the clock, and I'm not leaving until then. <laughs> well, go ahead. I know you got some NFL questions for our guests. For Brian? Yeah, let me, let me just start with, well, uh, should we go to the, list, the questions, or should we, I, I'd, like to, I'd like him to talk a little bit about the NFL stuff, you know, where he played and what he did. So, Brian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that to you. Um, Let's go in and talk about uh, where you played. You know how well you did. Which you know what 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 happened during your NFL career? Yeah. So um, I always say that uh, I always say the statement to my clients here that uh, my NFL career was like the initials of the uh, of the NFL, not for long, because um, <laughs> I had a. <laughs> Quite a bit of uh, injuries. Um, so I got drafted in uh, 2002 by the um, Indianapolis Colts, uh, six-round uh, draft pick. Um, you know, I you know think about it. You know, you know, not every day, but I do think about it a lot. You know, really big accomplishment um, for me and my family. And uh, yeah, you know what? It's just uh, my rookie year was on injured reserve. Just uh, that was actually the same same day that actually you know I uh, tore my knee um, and then also uh, Dominic Rhodes did as well. He just came off of uh, he was the first at the time undrafted uh, you know rookie to rush for over a thousand yards and I think the year earlier uh, that's when Andrew James tore his knee. So it was the three of us. Oh my goodness, we all just I don't know what's going on in. Indy, but a lot of us just got our knees torn, and um, that was out that first year. And I was playing well, and um, 
in uh, in training camp and whatnot. So uh, injured in, in 2002, so registered uh, that year uh, on uh, injured reserve, and then uh, you know uh, was up and down on the roster, you know, kind of fighting and, and battling, and kind of ended my career in uh, in. Um, 2004 here, kind of mid-season there, but um, yeah, wish my NFL career with with the Colts was uh, a bit better, but um, I got planned it, uh, and then I, I got picked up in uh, 2005 uh, by the 49ers, and I was actually working at a law firm. I worked at a law firm while Gotchell uh, in Mendez for. I want to say it was about two weeks or so, and then I got a phone call from the saying, "Hey, you, you know, drive down the 101 and get to practice uh, before 2:30." And I hopped in my car and went. So, uh, and then kind of ended my year with the 49ers in 2005. But um, yeah, you know, NFL not for long, but really uh, kind of cherished uh, my time there. Met a lot of really nice guys, uh, but um, injuries kind of did me in. Brad, I want to talk a a little bit about that. How did you feel, you know, when you got the injury? Because I know when I got my money, I was like, all this hard work I put in there, you know, just down, you know, just like, man, it could end, like you say, not for long. It ends just like at a minute notice. How did you feel when your injury? You got your injury. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because um, it's uh, the NFL. I would say that every every player is 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 really good, right? I can't say that you know there's a a player or a position player, folks in training camp. You know, usually everyone a really good college player somewhere. You know, D one, D two, D three, junior college, whatnot. Um, community college. So, um, you know, when I kind of look back on it, when you get injured, you're giving someone else an opportunity to shine. Uh, and that's how I, I saw it as, because when I got injured and then Dominic Rose got injured and they uh, brought in uh, Rick Williams, not the Rick Williams from Texas, but the one from Texas Tech. Um, and also they brought in uh, James Mongro from Syracuse. And they're, you know, really good backs, but uh, I don't think they're any different or better than me, uh, but they were able to play. They were healthy, so they got game film. Uh, so that was the thing, was always trying to kind of battle back against, you know, practice film, uh, you know, doing it there and then during the preseason, but it's a little bit different during uh, the regular season. So not having a lot of film being the, uh, the main running back um, kind of made it tough to always stay on the roster. So I was trying to improve on a special team standpoint. But, yeah, I mean, it's just pretty devastating. You think once you get injured that um, you can just, you know, just well, once you get healthy, uh, you can, you know, kind of fight for a roster spot. But, hey, it, it's folks who um, may not be the best players in each position, but they're really good. And if they stay healthy, it's, it's, you know, you have a spotlight on you where you can shine. So that was that was my kind of experience, kind of thinking back on it. Chris, well, so I know James has said this multiple times, um, where where he played was in Philadelphia, and he said that the the brown there was the grass, but it was just horrible. You know, you just hurt yourself left and right, you know, running on that field. So 
back then they probably didn't worry so much, you know, about the playing field as much as they do now. You know, they put a lot more care and knowledge into trying to get them all, get get the, the fields, you know, easier so that there's hopefully less injuries on it. On it. Correct, yeah. I think uh, with the new technology that they have with filter, uh, you know, injuries, I think are a little bit lower uh, now uh, versus, you know, in the past. I remember when we started in the RCA Dome uh, before Lucas Oil uh, Stadium here for the Colts. Uh, we had... I believe it was AstroTurf, and then, and then then we just changed it to FilTurf. So uh, FilTurf is a lot better than AstroTurf. So, yeah, you know, injuries is one of the biggest things that I think is going to hamper the NFL uh, going forward because I mean, guys are getting concussions, CTE, um, and then now you have uh, the different protests before uh, – before the national anthem, so there's just a lot of things coming, uh, you know, full force against the NFL. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of happens from a health standpoint as well. Um, James, you probably get those emails, like I get those emails from the NFL PA and you know retired players. I don't even know who they are, but they're emailing about, hey, if you got a, you know, if something's aching you or if you have. Um, you know, uh, concussion or, you know, health care issues, things yeah. of that nature. So it's, I think that's something that the NFL has to address at some point, right? I mean, really kind of sit down and address uh, the guys that kind of built the NFL, right? The retirees, those who started in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, 80s during that time period and really take care of them. And then going forward is, you know, maybe, maybe you have to change the game a bit for – the uh, the active and um, kind of recently retired folks as well, giving them the best um, you know care possible, and then you know with with the protest, I don't know if we're going to hit on that, but I wanted to kind of chat chat about that as well, if I can. You you know what, Bryce? I'm glad you said that because I got on Chris today. I was like. You know, the question is, that's like, he might not want to get into that, but I'm glad you do want to get into that. So what we would do, uh, we'll do the second half of that. We'll we get into that. Is that okay? Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, but uh, is that okay, Chris? I, I got him, and I'm like, oh, he probably don't hey, want to talk hey, about that. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it because it's all about, <laughs> it's all in the news. I mean, everyone's talking about it. So that's why I said it's, yeah. it's going to be a big deal for a, a while. I'm glad you said that, though, Brian. I appreciate you. you Thank know, you, Brian. That, that, yeah. But, you know, but I want to talk about something, you know, um, that that you mentioned, and it's, it's, it's really good, you know. Um, when you made it, and it's like, you know, you know what it is. Because I go to those meetings, those former players' meetings, and they don't talk about none of the older players who got the league started, or how you can help them health-wise and all that. I stopped going to them, you know, because it's not helping the old. You know what I'm saying, Brian? Yeah. These, yeah. These, those meetings supposed to be for, okay, how can you help the former players, you know, that need the health care, that need the, the system, you know, probably with money cause, or need the system with, you know, school. 
You know, I know when I went back, you know, when I was in um, Arizona, they did pay for me to get my uh, master degree, which, you know, the NFL paid for that, which was good, you know, the player yeah. association. So. Yeah, you know what? It's something that I think that, um, and that's, uh, you can kind of jump into college football as well. Um, when you have so many advertising dollars and it gets, it's now, you know, there's so much money being made uh, in, in professional football and also collegiate football as well. But, um, you know, you're going to have to, you know, take care of these, these guys who get banged up. You know, I, you can't just say, okay, you know, I'll just kind of put ice and snam on it. I'll just go and tape it up and, you know, we'll just kind of walk you on your way. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, these are people's lives. Uh, you know, these guys have families, um, you know. So it's, it's one of those things that I think, you know, we hope to kind of live a life where you do the right thing for other people, right, with golden rules. So we want to make sure that we are um, – you know, it's kind of taking care of our own, and, and the NFL has enough resources to uh, to really make a, a large impact. And there's different things that the NFLPA has done, so I don't want to, you know, bash on them at all. Um, but um, I think, you know, um, there really has to be, you know, more, more meetings um, where there can be sufficient care for guys who are, you know, banged up, who are, who don't have enough income. Um, you know, we have a great, um, you know, a great opportunity here to really make a difference for the guys who created this game. Cool. Okay, what, what we're going to do, we're going to take our break, and then this next half, we're going to get into that. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, you know. I, I can't wait to hear what you got to say. I'm going to sit back and learn today because it's a touchy, it's, it's something that needs to be addressed, and people don't understand, Brian, you know? So, yeah. We'll take this break, and then we come back with me, Chris, and Brian. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk. Co-hosting with me, Chris. Chris, you ready? I... I, I just can't know how much better or how much ready I can get than I am. So, yeah. <laughs> Put it out there. I'm so, I'm so glad, I guess, you know, Brian like to speak about this. This is beautiful. Uh, I want to say again, thank you, Brian. Thank you. No problem. Well, go ahead. No problem. I know you got them. I'm going to sit back and chime in and listen. Okay, so yeah. before, I, before I ask that question, I want to ask one other question. So, Brian, I know you have a full-time investment consulting job. You have your, your children, your wife, and so forth. Um, so I have written down here you, you know, in your free time. I'm like, when do you have free time? <laughs> Either you, you have free time and, and, and your wife is just a saint. <laughs> you know, but what I'm talking about is that champion, uh, champion boot camp that... Uh, the fitness boot camp that that is for elite uh, training of high school college athletes, men, women, whoever wants to join in. I'm like, when do you have time? Yeah, that's funny. Very good research. Uh, yeah, champion boot camp. Yeah, so um, so that's a bit. Uh, I, I did do that. It's still it's, it's dormant right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know what, I, I think about it may kind of, uh, you know, revive that a bit here. So, yeah, I, I was actually doing uh, fitness boot camps. I was actually on um, Living Social, uh, the app, and then also uh, Amazon Local as well. So I uh, thought, you know, I did all this training and uh, my whole life just training and working out, thought I could uh, – help a lot of people uh, through that, uh, through uh, fitness and boot camp and just, you know, life skills and things of that nature. So, um, you know, did that for a number of years, and it's now dormant. I'm thinking about starting it up again here in, uh, in the Northwest. But, um, but yeah, uh, it's, that, was, that was fun when I did it. But, yeah, I had no time, really had no time. It was, you know, working, you know, being uh, taking care of the family as well, and then, you know, doing that, uh, doing the boot camp as well. So um, that's very good. Good research. Okay. Chris. You, you research. go home tonight. You give your hug, your, your, your wife a hug and a kiss. Tell her thank you. You don't have to tell her why. Just do that tonight because she's, she's an angel. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's, let's get into the meat and potatoes here. Uh, so it appears that Roger Goodell has sent a letter to all the NFL players and wants them to stand during the National Legion. What's your stance on all this? 
Yes, yeah, so um, thanks for the opportunity to uh, to answer this because I think that um, you know I can uh, you know give a bit of a perspective here as well. Uh, so it's it's a tough situation, um, and I was I've been asking myself. I said, hey, you know what? If I was still playing, uh, you know, would I would I take a knee? You know, would I would I uh, sit on the bench as well and you know, the main point here that I want to make is, you know, I see two sides uh, of, of, of why there's so much kind of uproar and, and, and protests. But the part of it that I think we're missing here is really about um, accepting what the, uh, what the mission is or, or why uh, all these players are, are protesting for injustice right, for, uh, you know, mm-hmm. police shootings, uh, other things. And it doesn't have to just be the black community, right? I mean, it can be other minority or other ethnic backgrounds as well. Oh, right? I, 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 I'm, I, I feel very offended, and, and I'm white as white, but I'm, I'm very offended by how they're, they're treating people, so. Yeah, so, 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 and I would say that um, the part that always kind of gets me, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go back and forth between, you know, why the, the hey, you can't uh, take a knee during the national anthem for the flag, and I'll, I'll also talk about the players' point, but I think the thing that's really missed here that I don't really hear a lot of people talking about is that if a player, and if, if they've been consistent when you look at Kaepernick uh, to – Creed, to the Baldwin, all the other you know guys around uh, the NFL. They said that it's because of injustice. They said it's because of you know uh, police shootings, things of that nature. Just bringing more attention to it. Um, and it's not about military. It's not about the flag. But that's not being accepted. And I think that's where it's that's the injustice part of it as well. Is not being accepted that hey, you know what? It isn't about the flag in the military because how do you protest against the military and the sacrifices they've made? I mean, how that that debate in the public arena would, would never win, and why would anyone, you know, want to 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 protest against, you know, uh, you know, the Gold Star families, right? The people who have lost, the people who have sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice. Um, in the NFL, uh, just just in life, right? For I mean, playing the game of football, playing in the NFL, uh, is because someone else sacrificed, right? The the U.S. the, the country that we all love, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. so that's why I think that that is if that's what the viewpoint is for the you know the fans, and I know that they feel disrespected, but you know I mean you have to believe what the what these players are saying, right? You either believe them or you think that, hey, they're just lying and they're just, you know, then I think they're kind of crummy, right? Because if they're saying right. something, if they're doing this against military people, then yeah, protest, you know, don't watch the NFL. Uh, I mean, I think I think it would be a horrible, I mean, I couldn't support that, but, um, and they'll be rightly uh, for not so supporting the NFL if it is about the military and about the flag, but it, it's not about that. It's about injustice. It's about bringing more attention, and I think that what I would like to see, right, if anyone, you know, called me, uh, right, uh, but what I would like to see is 
you know, we got 32 um, teams in the NFL. They had really nice practice facilities, meeting facilities as well. Why don't we have town halls, right? And, and, and maybe you don't have it during the season because guys got to focus on the game. It's still a business. It's a, it's a sport. So, you know, maybe this doesn't happen, you know, during the season. Maybe it happens, you know, maybe – you know, during a bye week or, you know, after the season as well, or the teams that don't make it to the playoffs, right? Maybe they do have town halls with local authorities, you know, enforcement, um, other community groups, uh, things of that nature, and let's have a, a real dialogue, um, you know, during the off season or during, a, or during the bye week. Let's actually have this conversation because um, I think right now it's just being spun out of control here where it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a knee, it's sitting, um, on the bench, uh, which I think for me, I think, you know, take a knee on the bench to me, I think is a a little bit worse, but I would say that, uh, you know, let's have a conversation. Let's kind of open up, uh, you know, these, these, uh, facilities where the teams are, let's have community involvement and have a conversation, and then also, you know, let's 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 have a common ground so that uh, we all get better from this. We all at least address these issues because it's oh well, it's Black Lives Matter, and then no Blue Lives Matter, and you know, all lives matter. And I think at the end of the day, it is all lives matter. But if there's a high percentage of you know, black people, African-Americans getting shot or people of color getting shot, uh, then we, we have to have a dialogue. How can we improve that, right? How can we make, um, you know, America a better place? So I think it's one of those things that I, I do think that, you know, uh, when I see statements from the NFL, like you said, with Roger Goodell, I also see Jerry Jones saying that, you know, he's going to go and bench, uh, you know, players. What if, all the black players, you know, took a knee. Yeah. You know, that's the majority of the team not playing. So what? Yeah. Are, you know, what are the fans going to do then? Right? I mean, so so it, it has to be a, a better dialogue uh, than where it is right now. And I think that if you're an owner, if you're you know you're also concerned about the business impact of this, um, you definitely want to say open up your practice facilities, open up you know your headquarters have community events, have forums where there's fans, people in the community and fans coming and having a kind of town hall meeting and then put money behind it as well. You know, one of the things that Cap's doing is he is, he is funding nonprofits, right? Um, Do the same thing. Uh, I believe it was the, um, let's say Mrs. Ford uh, with the Detroit Lions who, uh, you know, had a meeting with some of our players and said, hey, you know what, if you'll stand for the flag, right, because it's been interpreted a different way, you know, we'll, I'll give you that forum to talk, right, to see if we can have some community action. So I think that's the right approach, uh, not just saying, oh, you know, you know, booing when folks are uh, having a knee, especially when it's not against a flag. So hopefully... I didn't say too much there, but I think, you know, that would be something that would be some ideas of being uh, proactive as well. Brian, Brian, let me ask you this. Two questions. One, what did we lose, what did they lose perspective of this? I mean, because it started, remember with Cap, and it really wasn't that big to somebody knows. Then it's not as big where, 
like you said, different things of different people doing it. Well, you think we lost, you know, the main idea of what we want. And the second thing is, do you think it's not tip for tap because you got Trump involved and he making all these comments, so now you got the players saying, okay, and you had the owners, you know, now the owners backing off. Do you think it's just everywhere now that it's, like, out of control? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's the... I think it's the political environment, right? I was a political science major at Stanford, so I got some credibility here, um, you know, talking about this topic. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's the tone of the election, right? If you're a Democrat or Republican, who cares? I'm a independent here. But um, I would say that, and I'll say this, too, I did not vote for Trump. I did not vote for Hillary Clinton. But... Um, I would say that I think it's just been that kind of racial. It's been technology with social media, right? Um, a lot of these shootings and just injustices have happened in the past. It's just we didn't have, you know, technology, cell phones to videotape it as well. Um, and also, I would say that uh, I think police officers have really got a, you know, a bad rap as well because there's really good police officers. Right. I mean, they do a tremendous job, tremendous job. Right. My hat goes off to uh, go goes off to them as well. But I think just the environment, I think it all got heightened with the election and how, you know, the Hillary Clinton versus uh, President Trump, Donald uh, Trump, uh, you know, just just the rhetoric there. And then, you know, President Trump tweeting. I don't think if you're the commander in chief, you should be tweeting as much. Uh, and then, and, and then also, I think um, just not condemning. You know, uh, you kind of look at Charlottesville, the the white supremacy, white supremacists, and and what they're doing there, and just kind of calling it out. You know, so I think it's all those things kind of wrapped up in the one that uh, there's a lot of things going on. So if you make it a kind of black and white issue, a police and minority issue. Um, you know, I think you're always going to have a lot of chaos. I mean, you know, we have to be able to kind of bring all parties to the table and not shout and tell someone. Because that's the thing I think why you had, uh, well, I, where I think the protest has, you know, elevated here quite a bit this season versus when uh, Cap was by himself, right, except for other, uh, you know, folks on his team and some other places around the league. I think it was, um, you know, just where we are from the political environment here where you know it's just so much racial tension going on and it's not really about kind of mending uh mending and healing and, and trying to understand each other so um you know it's it, it, it's going to be tough um i do think that when you have an owner or you know the president of the united states you know, telling people that, hey, you need a stand or you should get fired. I mean, that's just not, you know, calling people, you know, the sons of, you know, bees, things of that nature. That That's just not the right way of, of, of going about it. And, James, you and I know, being on football teams, I mean, these are grown men, right? They got families, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, they've had really tough backgrounds coming up, right, living in the ghetto, just crying, um, they got to support not just their own family, but their extended family as well. Um, so, 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 you know, you're not just going to go and just say, hey, 
you know, uh, just, you know, shut up, be quiet, right? Uh, so, you know, that's going to cause more upheaval. So I, it's going to be interesting to see what the Dallas Cowboys uh, do uh, this, I don't know if they're playing on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with them because I know in that locker room uh, that they're probably saying, hey, you know, it, should we all, should all the black athletes take a knee? You know, yeah. what are they, yeah. you know, what are, what are you going to do then? And then it, if they don't take a knee, right, I mean, uh, are you now an Uncle Tom? Right? Are, right. Are you now a sellout? Right? So, you know, it, it's 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 going to be a tough decision that I think uh, their owner uh, put them in. But, um, you know, they got to, I'll be surprised if, I would, I would definitely be surprised if all the black athletes on that team, you know, didn't take a knee or or uh, didn't, you know, raise a, a fist or something. I would be surprised if they didn't do something. I would really be surprised. They're going to do something. You know what? Let's ask this, Brian. Do you think, like you said, if they don't, say none of the Cowboys do it, now all the other ones got to see that, and they're gonna make that same threat. Don't you agree with that? Yep, that's that's what I would do if I was an owner. That's the same way I would do. I would say, hey, you know what? We need, you know, one of the owners to go out there and and and, and say it and position it. That's Jerry Jones, and you know, if if, if they all stand, then each team. And believe me, and I don't I don't have any inside, and I haven't you know talked to anyone, uh, any active players. Uh, in the NFL, but I would be, I mean, they have to be talking from team to team and sending texts and, you know, emails oh, yeah. and uh, kind of planning and plotting because, like I said, if, and, and hopefully it's a united front. Hopefully it's not, you know, like, like Kaepernick, right, where it's just him and then, you know, he's getting booed and you know, calling, you know, racial slurs and things of that nature. Hopefully it's a united front, same way that in kind of defiance, right, where other NFL uh, players and owners, you know, locked hand in hand and, you know, took a knee um, to really kind of protest what President Trump said as well. So, 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 so yeah, um, this is a big a big weekend. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but like I said, um, if if they all stand, yep, that's definitely going to be the framework going forward for each NFL team, and I think that if they do stand, I think that they are um, I mean, for a lot of younger athletes, right? Uh, you know, athletes, uh, younger athletes of color, right? Or even not even athletes of color, you know, um, white athletes as well, I think that they're going to look at this and say, hey, you know what, if I really believe in something and I've, and I've, I, and, 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 and I've also said that, hey, it's not about the military, right, because we can't protest the military or the sacrifice that they've done. It's not about the flag, right? It's about injustice. This is about, you know, we need to have a deeper and better conversation about injustice. And then you go and stand, because it's going to impact your paycheck. I mean, how it's just you lose your voice, you lose the protest, um, yeah. and that, that's why I think that they got to take a knee or a fist. They got to do it. 
Well, you know? I know Chris has another question, but I want to say this before she asks, because we're right around time. Brian, I would love, like, in a week or maybe two, to have you back on and ask this progress to see what you, you know, think and say. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. We'd love it. I would love it. I mean, I want to hear it because, you know, it's going to next week or two, like, say, it's something going to have to happen with the owners and the players because of what Jerry did. But but uh, I'll just love that, and then we're, we're definitely going to keep you in. But go ahead, Chris. I'm going to have All right, so to stay on the same topic, there's nothing written in the NFL players' contracts where they have to stand during the National Allegiance. They just are required to be on the field. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive lineman, Gerald McCoy, um, he, he's thinking that there might be an uproar if NFL players are forced to stand to the national anthem. Now, based on that, how can the players take their power back on this issue, or should they? Yeah, so uh, I think it's, uh, it, it's like the same way that, um, you know, when there's a, uh, a possible work stoppage in the NFL, when, there's a, uh, when the NFLPA kind of sends out, say, hey, you know what, you should start saving some, uh, some, some, some game checks and some playoff checks because there could be a work stoppage. Same thing here. You know, if I was the NFLPA, uh, I would probably send out uh, a message through uh, – all of the uh, team representatives and say, hey, you know what? Probably going to be a worse stoppage uh, or at least plan for such, right? Because um, I think that, you know, this weekend, if they do, right, if, if, if they don't take a knee or if they don't come to some type of, you know, compromise somewhere where they're still able to kind of protest, um, yeah, you know, you're going to see it written into the contracts. Um, I believe next year, I, I do believe that they, you know, someone in New York in the NFL headquarters is probably, you know, writing in the language right now to put in the rule book. So, you know, uh, next season we don't have this type of uproar. Then it's going to be people's pocketbooks, which then you really find out, okay, who, who's really kind of part of the, the protest, right? So who's, right. who's really part of this, this movement? But I really kind of go back to it has to be bigger than just the, you know, taking a knee or protesting with a fist. It has to be about, you know, you know forums, town halls, getting connected to the community, and then having fans also understand why people are, are, are taking a knee right? And then vice versa, kind of hearing fans kind of go off on why they think it's disrespectful, right, to uh, to uh, take a knee. So that conversation has to happen. And I think that, you know, you can't just force guys, you know, mid-season to just stand. You know, that's, that's just not going to fly. But I think, right. you know, there has to be something more involved. And it should be right. from a political well, side, you know. Just, I was about ready to say, Brian, you've been into that political stuff. You think this getting too much political involved? What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, I do believe it is. I think one of the things, uh, if, if, if you kind of look at the vice president last week, I mean, I don't, 
I don't recall uh, when another vice president was at a game, an NFL game, and uh, number one, but number two, um, you know, just reading different reports that, uh, you know, he, he himself, the vice president, or, you know, his, his staff said, hey, you know, told reporters that, hey, you know what, be ready because, you know, um, the vice president may leave the game. So to me, that looks a little bit too structured. I don't think it was authentic. Um, but I think there has to be, it is going to be political size. Um, it is going to be something that I think that um, it's just a mess when it comes to both parties in Congress right now from a communication standpoint. I think a lot of people in, you know, the citizens, uh, of America here. We're just kind of fed up with, with Washington politics and things of that nature. Uh, but I do think that it is going to be something political. Uh, it's going to be tweeted about. It's going to be, I don't know, you know, people going to games and walking out uh, where it should be about, okay, why are both groups upset? Why is one group being, you know, look at capitalism. should have a job. Well, we got—I got to mute it, but uh, Brian, we're gonna get back in contact. We'll have you back on. We're gonna finish it. I want to thank you again for taking time out. All right, perfect. Yep. It was great. Thanks, James. Great, 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 great meeting you there, Brian. Thanks, Brian. And, and once, once the link to the show is is posted, I'll email it to you tonight or tomorrow, whenever I see it. All right, perfect. All right, bye, have Brian. Thanks. Good show. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.